0: This is episode 69 of Off Script with Trish Glow's Intimate interviews and fun conversations with interesting people. In front of my mic today is Melody Picard from the Oregon Cheese Cave, right? We oui. your we sh- oui. your Phoenix. shop. My shop. Your shop in Phoenix? It's Phoenix, yes. Okay. Melody, thank you for joining me this morning.
1: Thank you for having me. Should I
0: say bonjour? Of course, bonjour. Okay, so I actually have known you for a, f- a few years, yes. kind of in a wine capacity. Yes, of course, <laughs> that's where I meet most of my interviews here for Off Script. <laughs> um, tell me though, where are you from originally?
1: So I'm from Normandy in northern France. Okay, it's so the uh, dairy and orchard land of France. Is it? So yeah, so i am made—I'm literally made of cheese. <laughs> You're
0: literally made of cheese. Uh, wh- how long did you live in Normandy? 20 years. 20 years. Goodness. So the landscape, I mean, is it like farmland? Tell and, me about uh, it.
1: Yes. So it's very green and lots of pastures, and it's a whole region of northern France. It's a, a third of North, the northern coast, and it's the Seine River out of Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, divides it into two halves.
0: Okay. And Normandy, obviously, famous for a lot of us for different reasons. The
1: historical reasons, yes. The the history
0: there, yes. Um, What was it like growing up in Normandy?
1: And, uh, well, I grew up in a port, major port, second biggest port of France. So pretty industrial. Mm -hmm. I compare it to Boston. Okay. And uh, actually my accent, my native French accent in French is very much like a Bostonian accent. Really? It's not pretty.
0: (laughs) So wait, wait, hold on. So I'm understanding this. So the accent in Normandy is very similar to the accent in Boston? Yeah,
1: well, especially on the coast, yeah. Okay. Huh, I wonder why that is. That's kind of interesting. To me, it's funny how the whole, like, northern Atlantic coast. Right. It's like the one in the southwest is uh, like Bordeaux, south of Bordeaux. And Biarritz is, has um, the surfer culture, and it's very much like San Diego.
0: Interesting. And uh, so, yeah. so those Parisians, do they th- yeah. think you have an accent? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, she's from up north.
1: Yes. Really? When I'm like, I'm just west of you. I'm not north. I'm just west of you. They're like, <laughs> no, you're from the north. Very <laughs> interesting, because I'm from the south,
0: and yeah. obviously we have a very thick accent yes. in the south. Um, and I guess I didn't even put that together, but there are accents in different countries depending on where you're from. Oh, absolutely.
1: Different ways of saying things, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. too? Yes. Okay. And uh, yeah, France is the, ba- the size of one Texas or two Oregon's. And we have um, so many different cultures and accents and mm-hmm. slang. And actually, with the accent thing, the southern French accent is very much like southern American. Interesting. It's like that lazy twang. Yeah. So Very I would similar. fit
0: right in in, yeah. <laughs> in, in in Southern France. That's good to know. I'm going to write that down just so next time I visit, I'll go and be like, hey, y'all, yes. I'm your people. <laughs> exactly. Um, so growing up there, though, were you considered within the rest of the country? Were you kind of like, oh, you're a farmer, you're a farm
1: girl, you're and, from uh, the country? No, from port.
0: From port. Okay. Because yeah, yeah, you lived right on the coast.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: Definitely. Okay. Uh, what'd your family do? What'd your parents do?
1: Uh, so my parents, um, pretty much like separated after they had me, they had my brother and then they had me, it's just that cultural thing of, they're still in that, um, the generation of, we had to get married and do kids, but then we didn't want to. Gotcha. So that was the whole stream of like divorces and kids growing up and, mm-hmm. but that was cool. My, uh, my parents were very much in the music and art. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fun part and the not so fun, but, but the extra fun part. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, so. Well, what my was dad, the fun part? And uh, well, my mom had a bar for, for three years. That was fun. The, the most famous bar in in the, my hometown. And really. It was a stage, so I had birthday parties on stages and and makeup people and so. That wow, was that really is fun. Cool.
0: What What was so famous about her bar?
1: And uh, well, she was already known in the whole music industry. The local music industry, my dad is in that, well, my uncles, and so it was um, Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. Fantastic.
0: (laughs) That sounds amazing. So she opens this bar essentially for performers? Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Exactly. So musical artists are
1: performing at this bar. um, Yeah, stand-up. Stand-up comedy? Yeah.
0: Interesting. And so so you had birthday parties there. Yes.
1: It was really cool. And uh, yeah, it was the late 80s. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then she went into uh, makeup. She went makeup. into beauty school and then she went to stage makeup.
0: Okay. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, and how long did she do that for?
1: And uh, Oh for a good decade.
0: Wow. Like for
1: theater? Or? Theater, yeah. Stage okay. production.
0: Broadway style. In France? In my hometown. Okay, interesting. And what? And your dad you said was a musician? or and
1: uh, well, More like a uh, manager music. Gotcha. Worked in constructions, but yeah, very much into the music scene. Okay.
0: So you lived in Normandy for
1: 20 years. Yes. So you left at 20? 20. yep. Why? Where'd you go? Oh, when I was, so my mom going, getting into the theater world, I started acting when I was 10 Mm. on stage. Um, And then when I hit puberty, there was a whole like 90210. And uh, and then after that, there was uh, Quentin Tarantino and Friends. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna be a, 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 an actress in Hollywood. And my mom was like, wow, you're not gonna leave with your backpack. Mm-hmm. So when I started high school, I was definitely like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So um, I did the au pair program. Okay. So A living nanny. So I finished high school and signed up and got my driver's license. You a up. French nanny. And to be a French nanny in America. <laughs> That's a movie
0: right there, Melody. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> So, wait, let's go back to 902 and 0 because, um, hello, obsessed with well, 902 and <laughs> yeah. Obsessed. Friends, too, a little bit, but in high school, I was all about 902 and yeah. 0 and I wanted to be Kelly. Yeah. yeah. Kelly was just, I thought she was just it. She was it for me. What was it about 902
1: and 0? And, uh, well, it's just like this is America.
0: <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> kinda.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think most of America would be like, no, nine hundred two one zero is not really a, a symbol for how yeah. we
1: all are. Well, but no, Hollywood, high school girls for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because it's so funny how in in France and in the rest of the world we get a lot of the American culture coming in through the screen, but um, depending on what country you're in and what talks to you. We, for example, didn't get all the John Hughes movies.
0: Oh, I'm sorry.
1: I know. I I love the John Hughes movies now. Yeah. But we didn't get a whole lot of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, but, yeah, 90210 is something kind of like, oh, this is teenagers. Mm -hmm. I mean, personally, I think my so-called life was much more realistic. Gosh, you are
0: really (laughs) speaking my language now. Jared Catalano Hello. Yeah. Wow. Exactly.
1: And she's like, my agent. Claire Danes is my agent. She's my agent in the show. And Same. It just, but it only lasted one season because it was too real. 90210 had that extra pep of drama.
0: That's interesting because, yes, 90210 was so ridiculously not accurate.
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> right?
0: I mean, it just – that that teenage high school life happened really for no one, yeah. let's be real. My so-called life, you could say absolutely, mm-hmm. was very, very real, that's a good point. And I was devastated when they were like, no, no more seasons yeah. of my so-called life.
1: Yeah, it's, it was, but it's, it's the way it's, it's the American culture, yes? mm-hmm. it's, it's the best and the worst. <laughs> <Yeah>. Very dramatic.
0: <laughs> no, um, I remember being in high school and wanting to chop off my hair and dye it red, yeah. just like Angela.
1: Oh, yeah, Yeah, absolutely.
0: For sure. Um, So that's interesting that you say that, living in France, what are you getting as far as culture
1: from America? A lot? uh, Oh yes, everything on the screen is American. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now we've caught up with, you know, making more, because in France, the culture was those dramatic, beautiful French movies, right? and uh, there's always an artistic nude scene. And, and who wants to
0: see that when you have 90210? Hello.
1: <laughs> there a need for that. I just didn't want totally. to be in that. Right. And um, Tarantino, Pulp Fiction. Mm. That is that is so cool. It's something we don't have. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, but like, France made it to France, definitely. Seinfeld never did. Interesting. We don't, don't understand that. <laughs> don't understand Seinfeld? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think actually
0: when Seinfeld came out, I don't think I understood Seinfeld. I do now. <laughs> yeah. Like, now I see the humor in it. But it's it's definitely a sophisticated, grown-up kind of humor.
1: Yeah. It's an acquired show. taste. It speaks to a certain generation, to a certain mm-hmm. style. And uh, that never made a difference.
0: Well, what's funny now, because of Netflix, the reporters that I work with in the mm-hmm. newsroom are all, you know, 22, 23, 24. And they all love Friends. <laughs> and I'm just like, that wasn't even... You weren't even born when no, that came yeah. out. Mm-hmm. But... Because of you know, Netflix and other streaming options out there, they're watching all of these shows that you know you and I watched when yeah. we were in high school.
1: It's and kinda weird. It, it speaks to the whole world. It really Anybody does. in the world can relate to friends. Mm-hmm. It's they're very flawed people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so true. Very flawed. Okay, let's get back to this French nanny business. You mm-hmm. did you do the au pair program. Why yes. this program specifically?
1: And uh well because it was kind of like the easiest it was very simple, you sign up to an agency in the country you live in, and, and then it sends you all over the world, I mean, more specifically to the US, mm-hmm. and uh, you sign up and get background check, and back in the day, it was all paperwork, there's no internet, so okay. it, wasn't, it was the beginning of it, but uh, you know, pre-internet, woo! Right, right. <laughs> and, um, and then my, I wanted to be in California. Okay, obviously. Uh, obviously, um, but I did want to be in San Francisco, Mm-hmm. instead of Los Angeles to get, and, uh, but, and then I did. I okay. I got picked by a family in San Francisco. So, uh,
0: au pairs at this point in time, was this a popular thing for American families?
1: Oh, absolutely. Okay. It's, uh so it's an, a living nanny that's from a foreign country, and it kind of comes on a student visa of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of call it the Studying the American way of life by living with a family, and right. we do have to have some um, school hours. Um, but mine was pretty loose. I just took ballroom dancing. <laughs> oh my gosh!
0: <laughs> I'm enrolled in ballroom dancing this semester. But,
1: but you were in the family for 40 hours a week, wow. and uh, we get paid um, like at at the time I was paid like 350 a an week hour, an hour.
0: Oh, $3.50 yes, an
1: hour? Yes, because those women bored. Ah, um, I see. But, I see. yeah.
0: Was the idea, too, to teach the children French? Uh,
1: not for me. Not for okay. the family. The family picked, um, they needed, it was a cheaper way to have a full-time living person. Uh-huh. Um, and, um, but, uh, no, mine's because they were stockbrokers. Okay. So they live, left the house at 5 a.m. Wow. So they needed someone to live in with them. For sure. Um, did you know English at this point? Well, kind of, because, well, the rest of the world has to learn English. And, uh, and Isn't school. that insane? <laughs> American English, I should say. American Thanks English. Hollywood. Um, <laughs> it's, it's everywhere, and it's a, kind of an easier version of English, because I, I learned the Queen's English in school when I started six. Nice. And I have family in England, and that's a different language. Yeah. I speak American. I don't speak English.
0: Okay. Well, I just I find that we're doing and a lot of families are now taking taking that into consideration having their children learn a second language yeah. teeny tiny. Yes. That's where we do I think children a disservice. It's so hard to learn a language when you're 15, 16, whatever. Oh yeah,
1: when you're grown yeah when adult? you're weaving right you have no room in there <laughs> no. i mean you you use things you you lose things constantly i'm gonna disagree
0: i have a lot of room up here there's a <laughs> lot of space that's just left it's just vacant um but i minored in spanish yeah in college i have been taking spanish since i was probably in like the eighth grade yeah but it's hard it's still hard for me i can't i'm not fluent
1: yeah oh and then we're all different too mm-hmm. uh me I don't think I have a thing for languages like other people do I just Mm -hmm. really liked it and I started in sixth grade learning uh, English learning English okay and then it was kind of my major in high school as well Mm -hmm. so and then so I learned the Queen's English in school but then my Welsh teacher she was like Melody where is that American pronunciation coming from I'm like "Uh, 90210 yeah I'm like TV. (laughs) I'm talking like Brenda. Please. I used to just watch all the movies with the subtitles and um, translate the lyrics from Mm -hmm. Alanis Morissette and Green Day and (laughs) Wages in the Machine.
0: Um, That's a lot of my friends who are fluent say that's the best way to do it is listen to, you know, Spanish music or... Oh,
1: anything. Yeah. 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 Or even... Merge yourself.
0: Right. uh, Read Harry Potter in Spanish. Yes. Which... I don't yeah. even know if I've, I haven't read Harry Potter in English, so yeah. why would I want to read it in, in exactly. Spanish? Um, okay. We're learning
1: a, a foreign language, is very specific to the brain, it opens up certain pathways that are not mm-hmm. opened up, or as much opened up mm-hmm. in your brain. I read both my children in French. Fantastic. And yeah. Uh, so
0: I've heard, and you know, funny. little five-year-olds running around speaking French and English to their yeah. French and American parents, Mm -hmm. and I feel like an idiot. (laughs) I'm just like, wow, that's impressive. Um, So you have two kids? Yes. Awesome. And they're bilingual? Yes. Fantastic. We'll get to the, we'll get to the kiddos. Um, So you're in San Francisco. Yes, I was. You're a 20-year-old French French girl in San San Francisco. What do you think when you when you land and you get into that beautiful city,
1: and uh, well, that's that was amazing. Mm-hmm. I was in Ninety nine, mm-hmm. and San Francisco is a gorgeous city and still very European, mm-hmm. so it wasn't too much. Of a, and I had to get my driver's license because you're moving to America, so of course you have to have a yes. driver's license. But I never used it. No, it's San Francisco, of course not. And I lived in the marina. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so I got like lucky. Yeah, you did. I got lucky and. Um, and then the, the family sponsored, like at the end of my first year they get a second kid and then they say, oh, if you'd like to come back and stay and uh, we'll sponsor you to go to school, and get a student visa, so I did that.
0: Okay, so coming over here the first time you had a working visa?
1: And uh, so it was like a, more of a student living, yeah. Okay, pair, yeah, okay. Student visa. So this
0: family, they were stockbrokers? yeah Okay, so very busy, high stress. Yes.
1: And they had very. one child? Uh, so they had one child together mm-hmm. who uh, was 14 months old when I moved in, mm-hmm. just took her first step. Her name was Ashley. His Ashley. And we're still friends on Facebook, and she's met my firstborn, and now she is a six-foot-tall, gorgeous 21-year-old. <laughs> wow. Isn't that crazy? <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> um, so you were there, like you said, you had to be there when she woke up yeah. in the morning. Okay, because exactly. parents are gone. Yes. Okay. Was that weird at all, being in this you know, you're 20 years old, being in this stranger's house, yeah. essentially, living oh, yeah. there, taking care of their kiddo.
1: And, uh, well, I'm very adaptable. I mm-hmm. love people, and I'm like, yeah, this is, this is it, this is the reality. And mm-hmm. just being kind of like, yeah, like an older sister. Or I have a little brother and an older brother as well. But, yeah, it was, it was kind of like, yeah, this is it. This is, you know, I'm very much, I just dig into things. I don't yeah. think Yeah, you're it. just there, you're doing it, yeah. this is your job. Exactly. And then they have another child? And, uh, yeah, so they had two, um, the husband had two kids before that. Gotcha. Um, so there was the stepkids that were there half the time. And then they had uh, so a fourth child at okay. the end of my first year. Okay. And uh, while I was vacationing in Cancun.
0: <laughs> okay. They had another baby? <laughs> yeah. What? Nice. And nice, then son. you go
1: back. And then, well, yeah, my visa was over. Mm-hmm. And um, I had already met my husband at that time. Okay. So. In San Francisco? Um, in San Francisco. Yeah. How'd you guys meet? Through friends. So there was that one friend in common I met through his French community, and then my husband knew him through his college community, so okay. his American life. Okay. And then so we met, yeah. I went to a show at College Morin, Marin, and my husband was on stage.
0: Oh, he was an actor. He was, yeah. Mm. Is he still an actor?
1: And uh, No, he's more of a musician.
0: More of a musician now. Mm. Okay. Um, so there was a spark, obviously. Yeah. You just see this handsome devil on the stage, and yes. that was it for you?
1: And uh, Well, kind of, I mean, it was just like, hey, it's cool. And then, you know, I got his number, and I called him eventually, and French, I mean, European and American dating is quite different. <laughs> How so? And uh, so, in France, and in Europe, it's like, you're dating someone, you are with that one person. Okay. You are committed to that one person for the time being whether it's a week or a month you just go Mm -hmm. with the flow but you're committed to one person that's your boyfriend girlfriend like right off the bat nobody else uh, it's semi-serious it's just committed respectful for that one and then you come to the us it's like dating (laughs) and i'm like okay can't translate that word first up. and uh and it's like it's all or nothing just like the american culture it's like either you're kind of dating you're seeing each other but you can see other people Uh or you engage in getting married hmm
0: (laughs) <laughs> See, I don't know. I mean, I think that's probably true for some people, but I don't know. I'm not. I'm haven't ever been a big dater, so yeah. I don't. I don't really know. But um, I don't know. That's interesting. We should probably have someone on the podcast to discuss dating because <laughs> the dating world. One of my very best friends right now is kind of dating, and she hates it. Yeah, it's awful.
1: Yeah,
0: it's the worst, actually.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and uh, and it is a, a whole evolution because that. Kind of respectful commitment type of dating mm-hmm. came from the rest of the world with the influence. So there's more people that are like, I like that concept instead mm-hmm. of being all floozy and and they're all over the place and you don't know what. Did you're you just doing. say floozy? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. I don't know if you're a fan of Sex and the City. And I've watched. Sex okay. Day, yeah. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Sex and the City, and those, all of those schools of thought when it comes mm-hmm. to dating exist within the show. So yeah. you have, you have that that character who believes that it is just all about commitment, one person, all she wants to do is get married. And then there's another, you know, where it's just about dating this one person right now, but marriage is so far off her yeah. radar. And then you have another character where dating is stupid, all she wants to do is have sex. Yeah. So, I mean, I that's why I love that show, because I think there are so many schools of thought yeah. within just every single episode. But it's interesting. I think some people out there... Yeah, they want to date a lot of people, and some don't. They just yeah. want to have one person, and that's their commitment.
1: Well, now it's so different too. I would hate to be single, and, and do all those dating apps and the internet and. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I'm telling you, I, my 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 very good friend, has gone through some of those things, and it's the worst. Yeah, I hear stories. She tells me stories. It's fascinating and it's fun for me, but yeah. I feel for her because she just. You know, again, you're having to put yourself out there mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Yeah. Right. Okay. That could be a whole another episode yeah. where we talk about <laughs> dating. So you met your husband. How old were you? Like 21? Uh, yeah. Okay.
1: Wow. Young. Yeah. And you knew this was the guy or did you guys, how long did you date? And, uh, well, it was nice that I got the student visa because there was no pressure in any way, shape or form. Yeah. So we just got to date and um, for... A couple of years, and then we moved in together.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was going to college in Moran and then I graduated. Well, before I graduated and I finished my student visa, we got married so I could get a green card. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> but we had um, uh, three, four years of dating before that. So
0: fantastic. That
1: okay, um, and so now what does he do? And um, so he um, he was in shipping, receiving, and inventory for twenty years. Mm. Since and then now he just started two months ago at Organico's.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, a little bakery right behind my shop, right? A great bakery. Yes, great bakery. So, how long do you do the nanny thing?
1: And uh, and uh, well, just my yeah, my first year. Okay, so yeah, then yeah. after that, I was a student going to school. Yep, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, I wanted to be an actress. An
0: actress, that's so, right. Yeah, are you pursuing this at I this did. point? Okay, well,
1: I. I was in the College of Moraine, and having a thick foreign accent was not always helpful. No. Um, but they did a Moliere play, so I did that, I actually played the daughter, and I, I did my language in French, <laughs> I did all my lines in French. Beautiful. And uh, it's the the one where the daughter wants to, has a boyfriend, but her dad's making her marry someone else, and she's like faking insanity not to, uh-huh. so <laughs> it was perfect, I just spoke, I just did all my lines in in original Molière of French. So that was really cool. That's that's awesome. So
0: how are you pursuing this dream though of becoming an actress? I mean, and
1: uh well I mean my goal was Hollywood, so Okay. I was finishing school and then we moved to uh, Los Angeles.
0: Okay. You you take the jump and move yep. to LA. Yeah where it all kind of happens. Exactly. Um, are you going on auditions?
1: Are you? And, uh, so yeah, I fir- we first moved, got established, we got recommended to C- Culver City because it's nice and centralized, and that was mm-hmm. perfect. And that uh, was in 2005. And then so then I, um, I m- to make friends, I joined in the French Francophone community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, in Los Angeles, there's every single community in the world you can think of. Exactly. Um, like for the French, the Francophone community or the French-speaking people, it is the largest Francophone community in the world for a non-Francophone country is in the Greater Los Angeles. Okay, I have no idea what you just said. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the most French-speaking people. <laughs> and um, is it a community group? And uh, well, there was like um, those meetup groups. Okay. At the time, uh, Facebook was not quite a thing yet, so um, so yeah. I mean. So it
0: was Facebook, but not on the internet, kind
1: of.
0: It's like Facebook <laughs> well, it was in the, person.
1: Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. It's gotcha. so like here. And uh, so that was cool. And then, of course, everybody, some people work in the industry. So I got connected, and I got a manager and an agent, and I got SAG. I got, wow, you uh, went for it. Oh, yeah. Big time. And uh, so that was cool, and I saw myself on the small screen and big screen, as a human furniture
0: (laughs) nice did you want to do theater or did you did you want to do no
1: screen screen always yeah. film Film. movies yes okay or TV show okay yeah
0: what kind of auditions were you going on
1: and uh, why didn't I didn't get a whole lot and uh, because when I finally got my my manager and then she hooked me up with an agent the economy crashed (laughs) so yeah that was what, like mid two thousand. So it was 2008, eight, nine. Right, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so, and uh, the closest I got to getting a nice little screen was a Jack in the Box commercial. And it was between me and the woman who got it. And it was funnier that she got it. She was like basically me 20 years older. Um, so but yeah,
0: that was a jack um, in the box commercial, yeah, okay. and
1: that's when I realized like I don't believe in fast food, I don't like fast food, and I'm like I don't know if I have the the moral compass to actually do Hollywood, I hear ya, because
0: you have to be super hungry, and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you don't like fast food, you yeah. can't just turn down you have to get whatever you can get as an oh, as an actor
1: the 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 ratio of like oh you you know, it's it's a one percent chance. Mm-hmm. Like you do hundred editions, mm-hmm. you might get one part. But also, it might not get to the screen. It might even get to filming. It might mm-hmm. need like the the ratio of of things being made is unbelievable. And then and then it was also when the economy flipped around, the internet boom happened with the online casting. And then that's when I was like, wow, well, okay. So there's those parts. Like there was a part for a wait, a French waitress in True Blood and I was a huge fan. I was like, Ooh, <laughs> it's in True Blood and then they picked a French actress that from France. Like she already had a resume in French. She already had a career in French. She was not very known or anything. But she was willing to pay her own tickets and oh. they paid nothing and she already had an IMDB and so that's when it happened, I'm like, I'm here, I have the green card. Yeah, I understand right here the in culture. front of you. I'm right here. Yeah, I have. But then Marion Cotillard with her Cesar and her Oscar auditions for the same part online. Were well, they gonna pick her? Not gonna pick me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so that's why I was like, eh, I was disenchanted.
0: I was just gonna say super disheartening.
1: And uh, just not really disheartening, like not heartbroken, just disenchanted. Like that. Oh, it is a big business thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, once you are. Doing it is fun, but the getting there is grueling. And, yeah, uh, and yeah. then uh, and then also with all those wonderful things coming on 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 the screen, and then all those people that work really hard to cast everything, to be in everything—they're mm-hmm. just regular people. They go home and they watch stuff. So it's like the more you are on screen, the more you get picked to be on screen. Well, for sure. Yeah. So and then who you know and how you connected. And- yeah,
0: that's super frustrating because it is somewhat I mean I guess it can be I don't know um an ugly business
1: and uh yeah it's 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 grueling and it's uh yeah people are not very nice mm. and they're all stressful like the the professionals they're very stressed out yeah so and then you get to a point where oh you get an audition and you're trying to wow someone when it comes to a point where it's just it's, it's a room with a camera and there's an assistant that just pushes the button there's no one in there right they're all behind somewhere else because internet. on their phones.
0: Yeah, busy. Okay, so you get disenCHANTed. Yep. Do you at this point go? I need to do something else.
1: And uh, well, I had already started doing something else. And what was that? So um, I was doing Los Angeles wine tasting. My friend Jean Baptiste had started a business here. It is in Los Angeles. Okay, and it was um, wine events on rooftops in Hollywood. <laughs> fantastic and uh, he had classes in his loft and uh, odd gallery openings and things like that so hmm. there was a wine tasting and uh and then I would go to I would buy all the cheese in the charcuterie and make the charcuterie boards and stuff okay uh, and that was the beginning of the specialty foods so that I would go to Trader Joe's for that but mm-hmm. then you know Whole Foods we didn't really have the budget for Whole Foods
0: <laughs> right I don't have I still don't have the budget for Whole Foods at this point in life. Yeah. Um, had you been a wine drinker and a, I mean, obviously... Oh, no. Okay, no.
1: I'm a terrible French person. I never smoked a cigarette in my life. What? Yeah, and I didn't start drinking wine until I was 25 with French people in Los Angeles. You're a horrible French person. <laughs> <Yes>. The worst. <laughs> exactly. You were a cheese eater, though. And uh, Well, yeah, but that's just almost a given. It's just, that's cheese.
0: <laughs> that's for breakfast, right? <laughs> yes. Um, You started drinking wine at 25?
1: Yeah, just meeting... French people. I mean, I beat you
0: there. I started drinking wine at 17.
1: Yeah. And uh, so that was, uh, it was cool and being like, yeah, that's fun. But I like the game of like discovering things in education Mm -hmm. and uh, like for enjoyment.
0: Would you say you sort of were bitten by this whole wine thing?
1: Uh, More like specialty foods. Foods was really it for you. Okay. And uh, just like bringing pleasure through food and drinks to Mm -hmm. people. Um, also being in the country, like coming from a from France and going to the U.S. and even landing in San Francisco where you think it's a big city. And then this is like food desert.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's
1: terrible. Big time. <laughs> it was very disappointing to see like it's like you go to Safeway, or do the grocery. Yeah. And then it's like the same item in 15 brands, you know. it's Trader Joe started changing things up. Yeah. And, but um so it was just like educating people with food
0: right? you could even find that i mean it it is the desert literally but uh living in las vegas there are food deserts everywhere in this ginormous city mm-hmm. you can find specialty things but mm-hmm. you have to drive for them yeah but you know i don't ever remember a farmers market in las vegas mm-hmm. it's sad and the same with the same with los angeles too Um, It's a huge city and you can find those specialty foods and, you know, farmers markets, but they're not on every corner. You have to travel to get there.
1: Now is definitely a different scene. Yes. The whole country is finding itself a new life Mm -hmm. through small farmers and, Mm -hmm. and small crops and breweries, wineries, creameries. It's beautiful to see. Europe is the other way around. Europe is broke and industrializing and privatizing. So it's, you know, American style foods coming there with the fast food and the frozen foods. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, would you say it almost seems like smaller towns, Mm -hmm. we do have food deserts here. I mean, even in Southern Oregon, but are we a little bit luckier because we have to depend on the land a little bit more?
1: And uh, I would think so. I mean, we're, yeah, we're really lucky. We can grow anything.
0: Anything. We can have
1: anything. And so that that really helps. And, and there's also a lot of people moving here from California as definitely mm-hmm. has a little bit more of that food culture mm-hmm. and from anywhere and discovering, like, the quality over quantity and yeah. supporting local. And... So
0: you're getting into wine tasting and mm-hmm. kind of the specialty food scene? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Uh, building these charcuterie boards. Yep. Okay. Was it just nice when you put one in front of someone and they're just like, Oh my gosh, what is this? And kind of oh, going through what everything absolutely. was. Fun. Exactly.
1: She's like, they're having fun and taking risks. And mm-hmm. it's like, ooh, I never had blue cheese. And I'm like, that's okay. You know? Isn't
0: that crazy when you hear someone, I mean, because <laughs> okay. you're obviously a foodie. I'm a foodie. When someone's like, oh, I've never had blue cheese before. I yeah. just want to strangle them.
1: And uh, no, I'm, a, I'm I'm a people person and customer service person. I am so. too, but I
0: also want to be like, get out from under your rock, man.
1: And then I'm like, no, here is this blue cheese. This is a triple cream. From Germany, it's called Grand Noir, and it's like, you know, Blue Cheese 101. Nice. <laughs> it's really easy to eat. Yeah. And then try it, and they're like, oh, yeah, it is. And, Perfect. Uh, trying to find the right thing for the right person. That's my calling. So, well, where does that take you? And uh, so and then, so at the time when the whole economy crashed and that was in, um, so 2008, nine, that's when the whole specialty foods happened mm-hmm. in grocery stores. Mm-hmm. So with Whole Foods creating the specialty wine and cheese. Yeah. And, um, and then they opened a brand new big one in Venice and I already lived in Santa Monica. And then there was um, the co-op, the local co-op, mm-hmm. co-opportunity did the same thing. They had a remodel to bring in more stuff including a wine and cheese selection. So I was hired to do that.
0: Awesome, so this is where you're gaining a lot of knowledge I'm yes. assuming. Are you buying stuff? Like are you yeah. buying stuff for the store?
1: No, I was the assistant. Okay,
0: okay. So I just cut cheese just cut cheese. I just cut the cheese. (laughs) So many jokes. Um, (laughs) Well, what are you learning at this point? Are you learning about different cheeses? Um,
1: Yes. So cheese-wise, it was about learning so much more about all kinds of cheeses. Okay. Because I was more on a French background and but like learning more about uh, local cheeses, American, Mm -hmm. California, cheddars, and just learning more Cow's milk, sheep's Cows, milk, exactly. Mm-hmm. All of that, different styles, and uh, and wine was it was more uh, on the organic, natural, mm-hmm. like the difference between conventional and organic, natural wines. Uh, small vineyards, which is big vineyards, right? So yeah.
0: Well, uh, you were also in a great location to taste wines, yeah. California wines, just being there. Exactly. Well, how do you guys get up to Southern Oregon then?
1: So. I did the whole wine and cheese thing, and then uh, my husband and I—well, we were expecting our firstborn. Okay, what year was this? So it was in uh, 2012.
0: 2012. Okay. Um, so, do you have the baby in California, or and, uh, yes, we okay. had him,
1: yeah, in Santa Monica. But when it was in my last trimester of pregnancy, that's when we decided that we wanted to move. Uh, the first option was to go back to the Bay Area. My mother-in-law is in Napa. So, but then we're like, uh oh, it's too crowded and expensive. Yeah. And um, it was Facebook, a friend of ours had moved to Ashland, Oregon. Ashland, Oregon. And we saw it on Facebook. You saw Ashland on
0: Facebook? We
1: saw Ashland on Facebook.
0: What'd you think? And my
1: husband, he's from the Midwest. He was born in Oklahoma City, raised in Missouri and Texas. Wow. And uh, so, and then also moved to the to the Bay Area in California after high school. But it was uh, kind of like smaller living, more mm-hmm. Not country, but nature living. And then I'm a city girl, so I was like, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. But the, this kind of was this, the perfect in between where there's enough happening for me. Okay. You know, with the, the theater and the culture and the food. And, and my husband's like, hey, there's a wine country. You can get a job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. Well, and you do, right? I did. <laughs> yeah. Where did you start working when you moved here?
1: So I was hired at Inoteca for Edenvale Winery. Yep. On the Plaza in Ashland. Okay. Doing uh, what? um, Serving wine. Serving wine. Serving wine to people. Do you have to,
0: when you get this job, you obviously have to learn all about Edenvale. Yes, and the Rogue Valley. And the Rogue Valley. Mm -hmm. Because you have to be able to tell people kind of what they're tasting.
1: Oh, absolutely. Okay. And so be specific about the wines I'm serving and the area. And it was great because I was in this little tiny tasting room on the plaza in Ashland. Mm -hmm. And you have all the tourists coming in. It was May 2013, so mm-hmm. the whole Shakespeare full season, big time. And this whole summer was just people like, "Ooh, so where are we? And where do I go? Um, I, I don't know. Let's look it up."
0: <laughs> oh, so you're you're like learning about this with yes, tourists,
1: with the people, Fantastic. and then there was locals that would come in, and same thing, they would feed me information. And oh, good. So it was just like learning. That's nice.
0: It's nice to live in a community where. And I, I think Southern Oregon is definitely it, where people are more than happy mm-hmm. to help you learn about the place that they yes. live and love. Definitely. I think that's really awesome. Um, I'm assuming for any tourist who was tasting wine from you, that kind of had to be very romantic. There's this <laughs> French woman with this beautiful French accent pouring yeah. me wine and telling me all about the Rogue Valley.
1: Yeah, I'd be was, like, I'm going to move here. It was It was so different for me because I... I grew up in France being like pretty average. I mean, my husband always when I was always complaining about being short. Like, what? weren't well, you short your whole life? I'm like, not in France. <laughs> not you? Were, you weren't short in France? Were you? With- <laughs> no, I'm like average. Minus, gotcha. You know, but um, okay. Yeah. But here you're short. <laughs> here I'm short, man. I'm five one. I'm short. Yeah, and, you are uh, short. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, totally. And then uh, so, but. It's just, like, normal, and then I always had, like, my goal and doing things, so it's just, like... Yeah. And then moved to San Francisco in this big international community, so when I was still fairly young, and, you know, baggy jeans, t-shirts, and you know, plus I already had my man, you know. Mm -hmm. And then moved to Los Angeles, it was a little bit more wow, wow, but it's Los Angeles, I mean, exotics, uh, gorgeous, beautiful model woman, or the one from like South America, or just like the uh, uh, ethnically ambiguous, as Hollywood likes to say. Perfect. (laughs) And, uh, but, or English, like the English accent is always Mm -hmm. very, so I'm not like anything special, I'm just kinda cute and funny, And then I moved to the Rogue Valley and all of a sudden I'm exotic.
0: (laughs) Because of the accent? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Well, it's very different. I would argue, I I get that. I think, absolutely get that. You know, being, living in South Carolina, same. I I didn't really stick out at all. And then moving to the West Coast, now all of a sudden I was the girl from South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And I was the only one in my class with a Southern accent. And so you stick out. Yeah. And people like that exactly they like differences believe it or not I know we all we're all like oh you know we all have to be the same negative no No. difference is actually so much more interesting (laughs) way more interesting so much more interesting yeah that's interesting that you brought that up because I think yeah somewhat when you have an accent and you're not from America Mm -hmm. you're somewhat of a a celebrity to us because it's like oh tell me all about France I've
1: never been there before what's it like exactly like in in San Francisco and Los Angeles, it didn't matter. I mean, everybody has an accent, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I went to Missouri twice to, uh, to meet Grandma, and then Grandma's wedding. and Wait, the... Grandma's wedding? and uh, Well, yeah, my husband's grandmother. Um, she unfortunately lost her husband, so he mm. got me remarried. Nice. And so grandma got remarried. Exactly. So we Good went to the her. Ozarks of Missouri, <laughs> twice in winter. <laughs> Sorry. First time we went for Christmas, and then another time we went for Valentine's Day for her wedding. And <sighs> no, <sighs> <Yeah. laughs> you go to Kansas City, and then you drive like two hours south, and then you get to the small town where there's like we had the uh, wedding reception at uh, Golden Corral. Ooh. <laughs> and then you know the only place like Walmart, and then I think that's the the second time I went to a Walmart, besides the one in Houston. <laughs> but, and they were like, yeah. And they didn't even bother trying to understand me. I mean, at this point, I spoke perfect English, mm-hmm. but they didn't even try. No. I, oh, you're so darn cute. i put you on a shelf. And I'm like,
0: okay. Put you on a shelf. You're so cute. You little French girl. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. No, that is that is interesting. And I think you find, especially as you're younger, and you, you know, like that, like moving somewhere, going to college, you tend to reinvent yourself because mm-hmm. then you just realize I'm boring, I'm average. There's nothing interesting about me. I need to come up with something that's interesting. Exactly. Or be interesting, or be the smartest one, or be whatever, exactly. famous. be liked, be yeah. liked. Be liked, yeah. very interesting. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people probably know exactly who you are in Southern Oregon because of your accent. Yes. Oh, yeah. Melody, the, the cheese French girl. Yeah, we exactly. know her.
1: Yeah. yeah, they might not like even know my name. Maybe more now, We'll have my own business. But mm-hmm. and uh, because I spent like a couple years selling wine in the Valley, because yeah. I moved from the tasting room to being the sales rep. So I went to all the events and the pourings in the store. So starting to meet everyone in the industry, that was really cool. Then expecting the second born. Then after that, coming out of maternity leave, there's a job that opened up at Market of Choice. So I did two years of cutting cheese at Market of Choice with a big heavy uniform. So people always, like, they don't recognize me. But then they're like, that, that, that voice sold me cheese. Oh, right. Wine? Like, right. I yeah. know that voice.
0: <laughs> well, and this was kind of being back, you know, in a shop, a grocery store, essentially, Market of Choice. This is kind of what you knew. This is what you yeah. liked, right? Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah, when, when I moved to Ashland, I was hoping to go to the co-op because Mm. that's what I knew Mm -hmm. and I already had a lot of knowledge but um, like any co-ops it's a great environment to work in and live and so it's good jobs so there's barely anyone leaving ever so
0: yeah that's frustrating exactly so you're at market of choice cutting that cheese again yep um do you have visions and dreams of opening up your own shop
1: and not really I'm I'm a creature of comfort too, it was just like, this is nice, I get to go mm-hmm. work and get paid, and I'm right there in the middle, and yeah. just getting cheese, and people ask me questions, and um, so that, that was comfortable, that's what I knew, and, uh, but um, yeah, I never thought to be that adventurous, but I just had to, because it was a, well, my true calling is in cheese and specialty foods more than wine, um, and so there's no jobs hmm There's there's no jobs. It's like the co op never has an opening. The road creamery never has an opening. You know.
0: Which is a good I mean it's, it's great good for day. them. Oh
1: absolutely. Because yeah. consistency because people and then yeah. they're like little family mm-hmm. and then, now I know them. I, I know Tom or Creamery. I'm friends with David and and I know Kelly were um from the co-op and all that, and but there's just yeah, that's what Kelly. She's the one who told me at the co-op. She's like, I, I, I never have an opening in my department. Mm-hmm. So, so the the job scarcity because I did, I did a, um, there's no other cutting like cheese jobs. There's a Fred Meyer that I had opened, but it's another like corporate grocery thing. I've yeah. like, been there, done that. Yeah, you want specialty. Yeah, so that was like there was none. Okay. And then went back into the wine world. I was like, ah, that's not what I want to do.
0: Okay. So you take a
1: leap? Yep. Yeah. No, that was a kind of everything happened for a reason, meaning people and being sad and depressed and be like, what am I going to do? And, you were uh, sad and depressed? Yeah. Yeah. For the first time in my life. Mm. It's hard. When was that? And that was uh, last year. Last like, the year? The last couple of years, yeah.
0: Yeah, because you weren't doing what you really wanted to do or you didn't know what you wanted to do.
1: Well, I knew what I wanted to do, but I never thought that I could do it by myself or do it myself. You know, oh. I was just like, there's no jobs out there and uh, I have a big personalities that people take the wrong way. <laughs> so it was very hard. It was heartbreaking. Was the idea of opening your own place too big? And uh, well, I like it never even came to my mind because mm-hmm. it's just like the financial aspects. Of exactly. Things. Yeah. You know you have to have a job to you know support your family and be and then but like we have no money.
0: right And so, the idea of taking out a loan yeah. to open up a shop is just like exactly ah, scary.
1: So it all happened really quickly last year when I was um, I got offered to take over a business, and uh, so it started seriously. I was like, okay, well. I've been talking about doing my own thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how, but well, here is this opportunity that I could take over and then put a little cool case there and have cheese. So that's when I started looking at it and that was just May last year. Wow, that's fast. And then I created my little LLC and, uh, and then that fell through and then I just kept going. I went across the street to, there was a restaurant being built and then they had the other instant talent. And I was like, okay, and then it's like, well, unfortunately, we have to keep financing the other end of the building to open our restaurant so we cannot like upgrade this part. So that, and then so I just kept going. And then I ended up meeting through a couple of jobs and meeting uh, Andrea, who's my the landlord mm-hmm. for my shop. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, I got a little shack. You wanna put cheese in the shack? And I knew she was involved with the Phoenix Clubhouse. I didn't know she was the owner of the whole building. So this tiny little shack in Phoenix, kind of like, hey, Melody. And that's affordable. It's small and affordable. Mm-hmm. And um, and then a lot of people were very supportive. And there was some, I went to um, different entities about, like, financing. How do you finance mm-hmm. something? And, uh, and then I'm too small of a project to be financed by anything, actual financial institutions. Um, so it would be just like... Um, investors, like private investors. So, you know, a uh, a fund, raising funds online. And uh, and then there's a lot of people that say, oh, I'd like to invest. No one came through except one couple. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But at that point, that was it. And uh, so like the May to July was like, do I want to do this? And then August 1st, I'm like, I'm doing this. I created my Facebook page for my shop, and I agreed to the lease. And then went online, did a, a crowdfunding, and uh, got a little bit of money. But mostly at the end of the day, it's my husband and he is one k And here you are. And that's it. Wow. And in two months, I opened.
0: Wow. Uh, and you're, fi- I mean, and this is, it's called the Oregon Cheese Cave. Yes. In Phoenix. Yes. And it's, it's tiny. It's tiny. It's 200 square feet. It's as big <laughs> as this room. <laughs> <laughs> and is it, are you happy there?
1: Very. Okay. Yes. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's slowly but surely, so it's not too much at once, and mm-hmm. so I get to learn how to be a businesswoman. Well, you weren't giving <clears> up <throat> on this. Oh, no. No. Just... Oh, I'm already planning and spending, so.
0: <laughs> Beautiful, I love that. Um, what kind of cheese can we find in your cheese shop?
1: So I have world cheeses. I carry all the cheeses, uh, all the types of cheeses from so all over the world with a kay. focus on Oregon. Mm. So I have one case full of Oregon cheese.
0: Okay, what's in that Oregon cheese case?
1: And uh, so you have the locals, all mm-hmm. the locals. Always make sure I have one raw creamery blue mm-hmm. and one raw creamery cheddar. Of course. And uh, and then I have by George
0: because mm. they're
1: awesome. They are awesome. And Johnny just won three cheese Oscars, so that's really cool. Yay! Yay, Johnny! And uh, and then I have uh, two local raw goat milk creameries, mm-hmm. and Oakleaf and Huizache and uh, Mama Terra with beautiful goat cheese cows and uh so that's yeah that's for the locals I have little tortes by Sunrising Farms mm. cream cheese tortas mm-hmm. that yeah. right down the street from me exactly so on all the locals and uh and then trying to reach out to more of Oregon right so right now it's a small selection but.
0: and then as far as the other cheeses go what are some of your favorites from around the the globe
1: And uh, we'll always make sure I have Camembert in my case. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a small round wheel of like funky brie because this is where I'm from. Mm -hmm. That's the the cheese of Normandy. My mom lives 40 minutes away from the town of Camembert. Mm. So that's kind of like the representation of where I'm from. Of course, you have to have that. And I have some cider to go with that from home. So I have apple and pear. Cider. Cider, yeah, because Normandy, we invented pear cider.
0: Did you? Mm -hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. I've been getting into ciders recently. Yeah. Ciders are, like, a really big thing right now, especially in Oregon.
1: Well, yeah, because they're, um, they're, they're fluffy and very comfortable, like beer. Mm-hmm. But they're not as, um, they don't have that acquired taste of beer, that yeasty, right. you know, beer right. taste. So it's, it's kind of easy to drink, especially in the summer, it's bubbles. Totally, totally. It's warm.
0: Fun. Okay, so, what, yeah. other, what other cheeses from around the globe are your favorites?
1: And, uh, well, I do like to hear a lot of American cheeses from other states, Okay. So California and Wisconsin, okay, and um, and then um, and then there's uh, yeah Europe, and I go with the flow. It's not like I have a favorite or anything. It's just I go with the flow of my needs. So customer requests mm-hmm. and seasonal requests. Like I've been having buffalo mozzarella from Italy. Mm, so it's a fresh, real mozzarella. Yes, and uh, made from water buffalo milk. Of course, and
0: uh, uh, if you. If someone came to you and said you can pick one cheese to eat for the rest of your life, what would
1: it be? Uh, probably be like that, the, those double cream brie. Mm. The really easy, gooey, Not creamy. triple cream? And uh, well, some call called triple cream, but it's more like that texture of double cream. Gotcha. There's like no funk even, mm. just a nice smooth rind. Okay. Yeah, that's my comfort food. Okay.
0: <laughs> When you can't eat the rind, those
1: are the you best. You have to eat the rind. Have to
0: eat the rind. Yes. Have to. Yeah.
1: It's the harder a cheese is, the less you want to eat the rind because usually it's finished with something right. to cover wax and other okay. things. Okay. So the so.
0: softer the rind, eat it up, people. Oh yes,
1: it's it's an integral part of the cheese and it's probably also the healthiest. It's, the healthiest. Yeah, it's full. Of Penicillin bacteria. Oh, good. Bacteria. Eat that,
0: penicillin Eat up. that
1: mold. <laughs> <laughs> I think it sounds so healthy.
0: I feel like I've turned into a cheese snob because anytime I'm like double cream, no, I'm like, ooh, triple cream. <laughs> I always go for the triple cream because it's like butter.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Saint Andre, I call that cheese butter because it had the texture of butter and tastes like cheese.
0: Um, Did you say Saint Andre? Yeah. Okay, sorry.
1: That's the accent.
0: I just put yeah. the American on that. Oh, exactly. For you.
1: I don't they have this idea here in the valley. I will never make an effort to pronounce it any other way than the way it's supposed to be pronounced. As you should. As you should. Because <laughs> I can. <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, well, we're gonna wrap up a little bit and get yeah. to the final three. Um, but yeah, go I'm tell people to go visit you at the Oregon Cheese Cave.
1: Well, yeah, it's in three ten North Main Street on in Phoenix. It's on the main drag, one south southbound. So cross the street from the subway. It's the best way to put it. There you go.
0: Um, and then if people need help as far as like building a charcuterie board, you yes. can help with
1: that. Yeah, the primary thing is I have fridges full of cheeses, so you can buy right pieces of cheese and I'll help you according to the needs that you want what you want to eat what Mm -hmm. you guests want to eat how to you know no cow I have vegan cheese as well because everybody gets cheese in my shop but it's Oregon made and uh, and then I have uh, plenty of uh, sides uh, Oregon made side like jams and pickles and uh, a little Europeans as well like Marcona almonds okay uh, I need to come visit you it's pretty cool.
0: If I'm building a charcuterie board tonight and I want three cheeses on there, what, because everybody has an opinion, I need yes. a soft one, I need a hard cheese, yes. like, like what should be on my board?
1: Ideally, you want, yes, at least three cheeses. Okay. If you do less than that, it's just kind of like, you're trying to focus on those, yeah. but if you're just having an array, at least three is good and then you want something soft, something uh, hard, okay. and something unusual. Okay, so like a brie. Like a, so a brie is always nice. Mm-hmm. And then mixing. i brie. Wait, I can't even do it. You say it again. <laughs> and <a> brie.
0: <laughs> and then mixing,
1: uh, mixing milks. Because there's always ah. going to be someone who doesn't eat cow's milk.
0: So maybe a cow's milk and a sheep's milk. And a sheep and a goat, yeah. And then something unusual, just meaning something that's.
1: Well, uh, blue. Okay. Blue is uh, different. And uh, something flavored is fun too. Okay. And uh, yeah fun keep it basic
0: yeah i'm gonna come see you and, uh, and you're gonna but if me. you're
1: building a charcuterie board you have to have charcuterie on it which is cured meat
0: yes please and, please uh, have cured meats on your charcuterie board exactly and mustard
1: and uh yes well anything pickled to take please. from that meat and yes. fat and uh, okay. i've been trying to educate people with you know the whole, like cheese board it's a cheese charcuterie board is a cured meat because charcuterie comes from flesh right so I have to have meat on there I ask vegan people not to use that word.
0: Charcuterie. <laughs> yes. Because charcuterie means cured meat. To knees.
1: peel the flesh off of an animal when curing in Yes. So <laughs> please don't use that word. <laughs> For your sake.
0: Uh, yeah, you're finding actually now at a lot of wineries, they're separating them. There's a cheese board. And then there's a charcuterie board.
1: And uh, well, yeah, we're in a valley with a lot of foodie people, and then there's people. There are a lot of vegetarians, so they won't yes. eat the meat, and you want to separate that. And uh, I'll take it.
0: I'll take theirs. Well, I'll take, well, take
1: everything. Yeah, <laughs> same here.
0: <laughs> I'll take it all. I'll take everything. <laughs> all right, Melody. Let's get to the final three. Uh, best advice you've ever
1: been given. And uh, well, I'm a very people person, and mm-hmm. I'm a fixer as well. And when uh, somebody has a problem with me, it's really hard for me.
0: When someone has a problem with you, yeah, like they don't like you. Yes. Yeah, so okay. They,
1: and, uh, and then so that kind of spurred from family drama. And then at the end of the day, it's like, they're like, well, Melody, if that person, you wouldn't be friends with them if there was outside of work or outside of your family because you you have a very different lifestyle and different moral, um, personality. And mm-hmm. It's like they shouldn't be in your life. It doesn't matter if you have to work with them or if. The family. It's just if you don't like them as people it's okay. You can let go of them. Mm-hmm. Don't keep stop trying to fix people. Are
0: you are you a person where like everyone has to like you?
1: And uh, no um, but sometimes I don't understand why. Why they don't like you. Why they, and mm-hmm. uh, if, if, I, if I did something uh, yes or if we have different personalities but if we're supposed to like each other, and, and then mm. you invented something in your head against me, I don't get that. I'm a very logical, practical person, so right. it's hard to...
0: Was there someone in your family who didn't like you? Yeah. And that didn't make sense? Yeah. Okay, like a sibling, or? A cousin. A cousin. Sorry, I'm super nosy. Yeah. It's my job.
1: Yeah, But, but it's like he divided the family over it. Really? Yeah. That's too bad. When I did what they wanted, it's like they were very, they hate hypocrisy, and then they're straightforward, and then they did something that a lot of us didn't approve of. And it was pretty mild, but everybody was complaining behind their backs. And then I was like, okay, I'm the other side of the world, but I'm going to tell you. And I was it, I got shunned out of his family. Wow. Was like, and he tried to build people against me and, and be like, oh, when she comes, we're not going to see. We can't have family dinner. And I'm like, what?
0: Is that still the case now, today? Oh, yeah. Really?
1: Yeah, it's been 10 years. Jeez, And I still don't understand. And I don't understand. I've accepted it by now because he's a terrible person. So I was like, well, well, I'm I'm just going to stop trying to fix it.
0: Yeah. When you go back and visit, you don't see him or his family.
1: No. Wow. That's sad. And it's like, it never came from me. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. It's like, I never said anything. I never did anything. I gave one complaint. It's like, you shouldn't have done that. That's hurtful. That's it. Mm. But then, like, it's always, well, there's two sides to the story or, like, people don't want to get involved. I'm like, but I, but I didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's hard. Well, that's really Well, she must have done something. I'm like, but I, but I didn't do anything.
0: <laughs> so your advice then is to, essentially, you had to let this person go. Let yeah. it, just let it go. Yep. Yeah.
1: But, I mean, they want to come back around and they want to get over it. I'm like, oh, I'm open. I'm here. You'll be here. I'll mm. be here.
0: Okay. Uh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. That's, that's tough, tough, especially tough. when it's family. I think it's tougher when it's family.
1: And uh, yes, well, yeah, because it divides people and it yeah. hurts people. Yeah, I mean, my grandparents are very sad over it. Ugh, so it's it's super lame. But it's lame.
0: I agree, very lame. If you ever left this place, Southern Oregon, what would bring you back here? What would you miss the most?
1: And uh, well, I love living with the seasons, mm. having mm-hmm. like every season so perfectly so lovely it is lovely to, to change wardrobe <laughs> change the wardrobe and we've had the most
0: fantastic summer
1: i know it's been
0: perfect it's just been an amazing summer
1: it's been so lovely and uh so hopefully i can keep going but our planet is angry <laughs> i know it it's, is going angry. To, it's going through it's going through menopause <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. It's partly natural, partly our fault. Yes. Hot right. flashes, cold flashes. Exactly. Erratic behavior. Very erratic. She's holding us responsible, yeah. trying to kick us out. You know. Mother <laughs> Nature is going through
0: menopause. That's pretty good. Um, so the seasons would bring you back here.
1: And uh, yeah, and the diversity. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's like we have the one region in the world for wine, especially, that we can grow anything. Mm-hmm. And they're always fighting in the wine world about like, What is Southern Oregon? I'm like, it's diversity. We, variety, we, no one in the world does this. Mm -hmm. Like all of those grape varietals, all those styles of wine, nobody can do something like that because of the climate. Everything else is always too dry or too cold specific soil. In Europe, they could more, but they're set in their ways. So they're not gonna change it. Here, we can do anything. It's so cool.
0: It's super cool. All right, I like that. We could do anything. Uh, final meal, final drink, what would that look like?
1: And, uh, well, i you probably have a cheese board. You have to have a cheese board,
0: <laughs> you have to.
1: And uh, a little pate and uh, a nice, you know, baguette. And then um, a nice real glass of milk. Real glass of milk. Yes, yeah, like full fat, mm. full organic, full fat, real glass of milk. Okay. And uh, my grandfather's uh, chocolate, a pear almond chocolate tart.
0: Ooh, pear, almond, chocolate tart. Yeah, Sounds it's a delicious. chocolate
1: pie, basically. Okay, So with the ganache as the base, and then um, Calvados soaked pears. So Calvados is a pear brandy from where I'm mm-hmm. from. And then the whole like frangipane crust, almond crust on it.
0: Yeah, It's delicious. Pears grow in Normandy? Yep. Huh. Now yeah, orchards,
1: and, and apple and pears. And look
0: where you are. Exactly. All the similarities, I yes. like it. Well, totally I'm, glad you, I'm glad you came over as a nanny, all those years ago. <laughs> all, 20 years ago. And, and now you are sharing your love of cheese yes. with Southern Oregon. i think it's awesome if you're listening to this podcast on itunes and you like it please subscribe rate and review it helps other people find us you can also check out the video portion of this podcast at ktvl.com just click on features then off script one more time melody picard from the oregon cheese cave in phoenix thank you for being here thank you for having me trish